You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Podcast. I'm Isaiah Thomas, the owner, host of this podcast. I want to thank everybody for their support. We're in episode five, and I have quite a treat for you. I have longtime assistant coach and now head coach at Lansing Sexton, Mr. Rashad Howard. Rashad, how are you doing today? Doing great, Isaiah. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on. Me and Rashad go way back. It's probably like a theme with every all my guests I've had. Uh, Rashad's known me since I first started wrestling back in 96, which is a long time ago. Feels like a long time ago. Right. And, uh, uh, he was always very helpful to me, especially my senior year when I started coming up to our freestyle, our, our youth practices uh, with, with him and, and Coach Marshall. And uh, he, Rashad was the one that gave me the belief that I could ride people, at least ride them long enough to – because <laughs> I never hey. was a big, big uh, fan, per se, of my writing ability. But he gave me a couple tricks of the trade, so I really appreciate that. Uh, I should take give you a portion of my uh, fifth place medal. Yeah. Hey, don't be a hitchhiker, man. You got to have a ride. Got to have a ride. Yeah. Most definitely. Like the so body tell me blows about... boxing. Oh, go you ahead. Know? It's like the body blows a boxing. You know, mm-hmm. you don't really knock people out with it, but you wear them out. You wear them right. out. Set them up. Yeah. So tell me about your initial foray into wrestling. Like, what got you into it from your from youth to high school? Um, tell us the story of, of Coach Rashad. Wow. Well, my first introduction to wrestling. You can hear me well, right? Yes. I'm coming through. Okay. My mm-hmm. first introduction. Well, my mom took me to my very first high school wrestling meet, which happened to be Sexton versus Everett. I was <laughs> great, right? Right. It was at Everett. And back then, you know, Sexton was ranked pretty high in the state and Everett was a really good team as well. And uh, it was a big meet place was packed. And we went there to see uh, it was uh, McFadden, one of the McFadden boys mm-hmm. and, you know, Lyle McFadden's son. And he was a good friend. He had two sons that wrestled back then. And yeah, one of the, one of them was good. My mom was good friends with Lyle's wife. So we went to go see him wrestle and uh, William McFadden. And yeah, that right there, right there, I learned real quick who a lot of the guys, you know, names, you know, Robert Flanders and Chris yep. Henderson, and Gino Chenard and EJ Pasteur, all those guys. I learned who they were real quick. And that was my introduction. But you know, I didn't start wrestling until after then. I was in a year later. I was in the eighth grade, and a young lady by the name of Kristen Treeweiler, shout out to Kristen, she <laughs> handed me a flyer. She was she was a manager for the high school team back then somehow, but she's like, here, you'd be good at this. And I took it and never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> Capital City Wrestling. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the Capital yeah. City Wrestling Club really um, produced a lot of hammers over the, what, 40-plus years it's been around. Man, um, feels like longer than that. But yeah, it, it probably 40, is longer than that. <laughs> 40 years, yeah. We've been around for a long time, Capital City. And, uh, yeah, a lot of hammers all over all over the state of Michigan come from mm-hmm. our club. So that, yeah. that's one big family, you know. Mm-hmm. So then you go, you, you start wrestling as an eighth grader and then get into high school. You 
wrestle for Hall of Famer and former Lansing Everett alum, state champion Ron Becker. Who, Ron uh, Becker. Yeah. Multiple time fall Hall of Famer. Yeah, multi, Hall of Famer. Multiple times. Shout out to Coach Becker. who In Different um, states. You know. <laughs> Right, state championship coach also. Um, yep, he was on the. Uh, he was the uh, state champion on our on Lansing Everett sixty five team, and uh, was also the head been head coach at Lansing Texas for a long time, thirty plus years. Right, I mean, yeah. uh, probably longer than that. <laughs> he he he's 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 his heart is in it a hundred percent. You know yeah. him, and uh, he's one of the three wise men like we talked about the other right. day. Really, yeah. you know, I guess you'd have to add another, but the three wise men, Becker, the great Rocky Shaft, yep. and, and Tom Muir. You mm-hmm. know, those three guys, I mean, <clears throat> wrestling's in them, you know. Don Beam, I guess he's another one. We had quite a few wise men. Yes. You know, yes, coming up in our cup. Poacher. Uh-huh. Poacher, you know, a lot of great coaches from that era. But, yeah, Hall of Fame with Ron Becker. Yeah, yep, got to wrestle for him and learn a lot. And he still, I'll tell you what, he still comes around and 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 teaches me how to coach. So, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, continues to to pour his knowledge into us. So we love mm-hmm. it. We love it. Yep. Yeah. What was it like being coached by by Coach Becker? Um, a lot of love, man. You know, when I first first time I ever saw Coach Becker coach, and I, all I heard was him yell at you, yell yelling at guys, and I was scared. I was like, oh no. I don't want to get yelled at for doing the wrong thing. <laughs> but then <laughs> after I got out of the mat, you know, you realize you're not going to hear this guy. And yes, he's yelling, you know, you don't really right. hear it hardly anyway. You just see his instruction and then you understand more where he comes from. But he's just like Coach Becker is a guy that he he sees the athletic ability and the talent in anybody and knows how to bring it out. And that's that's a true gift. Uh, a great coach, you know, right. able to bring out the ability in anyone, anyone, no matter how limited talent, whatever their situation is, you know, whatever your differences are with the person, he finds a way to bring the best out of anybody. And that's, that's what you take from that guy. And, and he cares, you know, right. he loves wrestling. He loves wrestling. You know, he's got a true passion heart for wrestling. I mean, he, 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 he could be doing anything even to this day and he'll still spend all his time at a wrestling meet till the very last match. Wow. So that's the kind of stuff he takes. <laughs> Seriously. To the very last match, he's got his scorebook, his score sheet, and he's writing down the scores of every match, you know, recording it. And he's just, he's a true, true wrestler. Yeah. Through and through. I, I through said on the first episode of uh, the coach T podcast, I talked about how, my senior year, I lost in the district semifinals, and I was pretty distraught. Didn't think I was going to be able to do it. And uh, Coach Jinx, my my wrestling Jinx. coach at Lance yeah. Everett, uh, went up to to Coach Becker and asked him to give me some words of encouragement. And uh, I remember distinctly that he yelled at me and basically said, "You got one more match to win. You're going to go to regionals. So that's what you got to do. You got to go out there and wrestle hard, but you got to go to regionals." <laughs> and he's he think he's yelling at you, but he's really just telling you, you know, this is a yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just it's so interesting. Uh, um, hearing that, you know, the yelling, and I think that kind of gets 
misconstrued a little bit when coaches are yelling at you. Wrestling is one of those sports where you have to project a little bit in order for your athletes to hear you. Very intense. And very intense. Very, very intense. <laughs> it all depends on the athlete, obviously. The, the better the athlete or the, the more co- confident the wrestler is, the probably less yelling you're doing. It's more it motivational than technical. It depends on the situation. The situations right. are intense. You know, right. if you're in the middle of a state meet and you have a great wrestler, you're going to be yelling. You know, if you're oh, yeah. another great wrestler, it's, it depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of intense situations in wrestling that, that require, you know, intense behavior, I guess. Mm-hmm. Within rule, you know, <laughs> try to be within being civilized. Right. You have to be intense. So what made you uh, go into coaching after? Because you graduated in 94. Yes. Graduated high school in 94. From Lansing Saxon, Big Red. So, uh, yeah. What what made you go into coaching? Um, What did you do after you after you were done at high school? Where did you go from there and then got into coaching? Well, after high school, I didn't have quite the successful uh, ending you did. You know, as far as the state place and everything, I had gotten beat out of districts. You know, I was I was ranked pretty high, pretty high, but I got upset. Things happened. So I was kind of sour and I had, I had, uh, stopped wrestling for a year. So I took a year off. I went down to school in Tennessee for a year, Lane College, Jackson, Tennessee. And they didn't have wrestling only to realize how much I missed the sport. So I came back up here, went to eastern Michigan. Walked on to a team there that ended up winning the conference title in 96. Willie Gatson was our coach. Yeah, shout yeah. out to the late, great Willie Gatson. Yeah, Kai Gatson's father. Mm-hmm. Yep, the great Willie Gatson. And, uh, yeah, wrestled with a lot of great wrestlers there. Ramiko Blackman, mm-hmm. Lee Pritz, Jake yeah. Shula, you know, Nate McCluzak, Jose Ramirez. Shout out to all those guys. And uh, those guys are all, I mean, they led our team to a conference title in the MAC. Only only conference title Eastern Michigan ever won. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that was a pretty good experience. And then after that, came back, came back home and just realized, you know, I, I, I wanted to still be a part of wrestling. So I uh, did a little bit of competing still, did some open tournaments and whatnot, and got pretty banged up. And said, okay, maybe my time is up on the mat. I need to uh, start looking at other other ways to still be a part of the sport I love. And that's when coaching came in. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I had always kind of had the coaching bug, you know, as a, as a kid. I got to, at, with Capital City, working with Capital City. And while I was in college, I would always come back and work with kids that were, uh, you know, coming up. One one. That first got me started out. One of the first kids I worked with was a kid by the name of Joe Wright, Pat mm-hmm. Wright's brother. Yep. You know, Big Joe. And Big Joe. <laughs> yep. Me and Joe. Joe was a heavyweight, real tough, state champion, freestyle, and all that. And uh, yeah, and then from there, I just kind of caught the bug and started working with a whole bunch of other kids. And you know, it just it just never left me. You know, being being around a Hall of Famer like Ron Becker. You can't help but to be inspired by his love and dedication of the sport. And guys like Chris Henderson, you know, just those guys just kind of brought me up as far as coaching. You know, I guess 
you know, I always wanted it and they saw the talent in me. So they helped push me along that way. So thank God for those guys in my life, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's crazy how wrestling has this kind of this branch off feel where everybody, you know, I described it as it's an extended family. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I took a year off from, from coaching and I went to my first wrestling meet back in April. It was a freestyle meet because my, my principal, Kyle Woodruff, decided to yep. dust off the shoes. He was an undefeated state champion for Pinkon. Yep. Decided to stuff up, dust off shoes, and he wanted me to coach him. And when I came back, seeing the same faces that I used to officiate with and seeing those older kids that are coaching now and they have kids, um, and we, it's like time never, never passed. You know, we might not have seen each other in five or six years, but it's almost like you get drawn back to that initial moment when you last saw each other. And, um, you know, like most families, we all have our differing opinions, what have you, but we still have that love for the sport. We have that love to, to get kids to get to, to achieve the best they can be, to reach their full potential, not just on the map, but off the map. So yes. I think it's one of the unique things about, about wrestling and how we're all uniquely connected. Uniquely, yes. I mean... <laughs> It's, 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 it's a brotherhood. It's a huge yes. bond. You know, we only we understand what it's like to go through what we go through out there day in and day out. The work that you put in for the lack of notoriety you often get compared to some of the other revenue sports. And, you know, that it's just a labor of love. And those yes. who do it are a special breed. Yes. You know. So, most, yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it, it is. Mm -hmm. You know. It's a special special person that's going to work his butt off for nothing, right? <laughs> right, or for something something more than something monetary, you know? Right. No, I I agree with that. Um, I'm going to flash forward a little bit to a couple different um, uh, instances. So, my my senior year, you guys had this wrestler as a freshman. His name was Jacob Wyatt. Some called oh, yeah. him the Spider. Um, probably oh, one of the yeah. most talented kids I've ever seen uh, wrestle. And um, he was yeah. in, ended up being a three-time state placer and three-time semifinalist at that. Um, yes. Uh, his losses to to both CC guys, one of them ended up being a three-timer, and they're all close matches. So he was that close to being potentially a three-time finalist and potentially a three-time state champion. What yeah. was it like coaching a kid like that, like a Jacob Wyatt? It was like unleashing a monster. <laughs> uh, every time he stepped out on the mat you know he was like okay let him go no it, it was great because he was yeah. just jake was a great kid not only a great wrestler but he's he was a great kid now he's a great man jacob now he's uh in the in the fire academy mm -hmm. and he was working security for the School Lansing School District. Yep. Just had a great influence with all the kids in the school district. You hate to see him leave the school district because he's just such a great person and the kids all really look up to him and gravitate towards him because just right. that's the kind of guy he is. Mm -hmm. He's Jacob is just a, I mean, he's just such a simple, humble guy. He was, you know, not only was he a great wrestler, but then he would preach Sunday school classes while he was in high school. Right. You know, I mean, he would cook, you know, he's very domestic, liked to cook, loves to hunt and fish, and just, just a humble kind of kid, you know, just like a, has a really old soul. Mm -hmm. People like that don't come around that often. You know? Right. But as far as wrestling, he was a great student of the game. 
like to watch a lot of video. True fan of the sport, you know. Loved loved to watch wrestling and just be a part of the sport. Knew who all the wrestlers in the state were. A lot of you know guys on the higher level. It was just it's just fun to have guys like that, you know, especially coming from the inner city where it, it's not as popular as it was in the past. You know, right. it, it was, it's great to have kind of a throwback guy like him, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, that was, that was back in what, 05. Yeah. Yeah. All I can say is <laughs> I, I think back to him because I, so his, his freshman year, he lost in the regional blood round to Michael Paul of East Kentwood, who was a teammate of mine at Mesquite Community right. College. And right. Michael Paul ended up making all the way to the state finals. Michael Paul was very was talented wrestler. Very yes. talented. And, I mean, he lost a close match. So you knew Jacob had that 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 potential. And that's how close he was to being potentially a four-time All-Stater. So he, just, he was always scratching the surface of his potential. And he was, like you said, fun to watch and unleashing the monsters, a very great way to describe him because – there wasn't a position that he got into that you didn't think he could score off of offensively no. or defensively. He was, he, yeah, he was a, he was a reversal wrestler. Is what I call yeah. a lot of guys like to get their one point and escape and then take you down. Jacob was a reversal wrestler, no matter where he, if he'd be on top, he'd reverse you and get on top of you. And then you're not getting up. Yeah. You know, that's why we call him a spider because once he wrapped you up, you were done. <laughs> I, always, I always said he had him and him and like Nick Simmons had suction cup pores, you know. Yeah. Because once they got on you, you're not getting them off. They're they're pretty much stuck on there, you yeah. know. To choose top mm-hmm. instead of bottom type, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. or 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 you defer, and then they reverse you and ride you out, and then the next period's your choice, and you don't know what to do, mm-hmm. you know. Or I say they defer to you. I mean, you know, or they defer to you and you choose bottom or whatever. I mean, it's always just hard to wrestle guys like that, guys yeah. that are good on top. That's why I was trying to tell you to ride. I know. You know that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's the element. I mean, it's always a huge advantage when I can be on top of a guy and he yeah. knows I can beat him up. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, so – uh, I got a lot of uh, conversations from friends of mine uh, talking about uh, Beto Yawa, who's the new head coach at Devonport Yahweh. University. Yaw- Yahweh. Was it? Yahweh. Yahweh. Thank you. I apologize for Yahweh. butchering his last name. Yeah, sorry. I just call him Yawa. Beto. Yawa. Yeah. You got me saying it wrong. You guys, <laughs> you guys are true. <laughs> Yay. Yawa. Hey, Yawa. <laughs> Beto, I apologize for, for butchering your name. You're the new head coach at Davenport University that is transitioning to Division Two, And um, that's right. Head college wrestling coach. That's from awesome. from the Lansing. From Lansing Sexton. Yep. Oh. Uh, what I think that might be that might be our first college wrestle, head wrestling coach. Head wrestling coach. I have to check the books, but I think that's our first college head wrestling coach from Sexton High School. Okay. Yeah. Great honor to have. So, Wado, I think we, we've talked a lot about his story of how he essentially was found breakdancing his sophomore year or junior year? His That was his junior year. Mm-hmm. His junior year. He was uh, the kid up at, I, I used to come to the wrestling room when I was on the night shift and 
I wasn't able to coach because they had switched my shifts around. So that year I, I was like, well, I'll just come up there when the kids are at lunch. And if anybody needs to come in to work out during their lunch, if they want to, they can. So I'd come up there and kids just wanted to come. Some just wanted to come hang out as a big room and they could do stuff. And I had a wrestler who could do flips, backflips real well. Well, he was, Beto was good friends with him and wanted to come up and do flips also. And uh, he liked coming up there and then, Chris Henderson was a head coach at the time, and he said, look, I can't have anybody in there who's not on the team. So I told him, Beto, look, they said if you're not on the team, you can't come in here. And I came to practice the next day, and Beto had on a uniform. <laughs> he, was in, he was in practice with a uniform. I was like, okay, we got him. You know, and the rest is history. I think he was he was 15 and 15 that year. I think he was 50-50. He he lost in the uh, in the district final to Marcel McFadden, his teammate. Mm-hmm. They were the weight class at 140, and Marcel had experience, you know, and that was Beto's workout partner every day. Right, and he had to wrestle to go to districts, to go to regionals, and Marcel beat him. And <clears throat> that was after that. The next year, Beto went to 35. Marcel still at 40. Beto took second in the state yeah so yeah that was pretty cool pretty good year you remember marcel you yeah, got that's the- it. We, we were gonna we we're gonna talk transition to that in in, in a yeah. few minutes there uh i i remember distinctly about Beto's that he would always any coach he would grab and ask questions he always wanted to learn how how to defend attack score from every position like hey coach yeah. if you were in this position what would you do and i remember he was actually at, at my first champ camp at, at lansing everett and just watching him and ivan Robledo, who's a state qualifier forever go at it and it, he just had the natural like if you could create the the perfect wrestler body type and athleticism that was it it was him to the team. yeah short um, long arms super strong Moves yep. well. Um, Moves real. The body oneness. Right. And then he ends up going to the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse and becomes a Division three legend. I mean, three-time finalist, two-time national champ. Um, that's that's insane. That's incredible. For uh, a kid right. a, a kid from Lansing, state hey, finalist at- as a senior, and then a th- three-time finalist, two-time national champ in college. You take Andy Horvath and Jake Herbert's theories on you get any kid that can do a backflip or walk across the room on his hands and he'll be a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where I found him doing backflips. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, you want to get good wrestlers, start finding kids who can do backflips. <laughs> right. Because it's all about body control. It's all about body oneness. Yeah. Yeah. If you, can, if you have control of your own body, then it's going to mm-hmm. be hard for somebody else to control you. Right. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, so as you've been an assistant coach, I, I remember uh, it was kind of, it was 2008. It was fall 2008, and Sexton was looking for an assistant coach because I believe it was Eugene that had stepped down. I'll say, yep. uh, and I remember you and Chris kind of reaching out to me, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do it. Um, and I had already made a commitment to coach youth wrestling at Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, hey, it's going to work. It's going to work. And I remember, all right, well, I'll give it a shot. I've never 
actually spent a full year coaching high school wrestling. You know, I volunteered when I moved back in 05 with Lansing Everett. And then um, I went to a few practices at Holt, that 08 run when they made, when they won team state. So I thought it was a unique challenge and to be able to coach the coach Marcel and uh, uh, I believe you had Mike Rocha. His name the, Rocha, yes, Rocha, yes, yes. Rocha. The heavy, heavy, the, the heavyweight that can splay old people, yeah, and, and Marshawn. And then there were some Marshawn. kids that I, yeah, and there were some kids that coached, coached at Otto that were on the team, so I had some familiarity with some of the kids. And to be able to coach with team. you, yeah, that was a good team, good coach with you and coach with Coach Henderson, Chris Henderson, for those that don't know or should know. One of the best lightweight wrestlers the state of Michigan ever produced was a three-time state yeah. champ out of Lansing Sexton. Was part of their '87 state title team. Yep, uh, and longtime Sexton coach well. too. Hall of Famer as well. Hall of Famer as well. Um, so yeah, just a lot of greatness coming out of that out of that room there. Yeah, you you were a great addition though. I'll tell you that because you were very detailed and you you did a lot of homework on. Other wrestlers and what I mean, you knew wrestlers and who we had to wrestle and what styles they wrestled and everything. And you're a very detailed coach. I learned a lot coaching with you. You're ahead of your time, <laughs> you know, very I, ahead I, of your time. Well, thank I appreciate it. it. Was um, you know, I just I've had a lot of good mentors like yourself, and I'm I want I tell everybody all the time when you're a coach, don't be afraid to ask other coaches questions because you don't know everything. No, you need to be no. able to ask questions, and and one of the things I did a good job of that I could try to continue to do is to ask people questions about well, what would you do in this situation? How do you schedule? How do you do practice? Things like that. Um, we asked you a lot of questions too, so yeah. I think it was a, it was a give and take relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It that was. Year was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun. Got a state placer that year. Yep. Yeah, that was great, man. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I that mean, was Mar- great. Marcel. Uh, th- that was an interesting. You know, he was a just a hard worker, and yes. really, he was very coachable. I mean, it was easy coaching him. Uh, yes, he was, and, and getting him to where he needed Lyle to, need to be. The great Lyle McFadden. Yes, yeah. he's third generation. Marcel was a third generation Big Red. Mm-hmm. So he took a lot of pride, not just in the program, but the school. You know. And carrying on the legacy. So yeah, Marcel was he was he is a great great kid to have on your team. Yeah, great great Very family, cool, talented, <laughs> a lot of moves, displayed people. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> lot of fun. we had some good times. We did. Those are uh, that was great. To, I I still I tell people all the time. He was in the the blood round at states against a kid from Plainwell. Yeah, well, I want to say he wrestled at the regionals. Yeah, uh, yeah, he he lost to at regionals for, for third, third place. And yep, and here we are in the blood round, and he's down six to seven, and he takes a shot, and the kid stuffs him. And I remember putting my head down. There's like eight seconds left in the match. I'm up in the stands. I put my head down. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! Oh man, this kid's worked so hard. And I look up. Everybody's cheering. It's three seconds. He drives through and takes the guy down with no time left to win the match, eight to seven. Yes, I fell back in my seat in that match <laughs> on the floor. You know when you lean your seat too much and then you fall uh-huh. over because I did that. I had to get back up. Like, oh my god. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was that was a great great match. Marcel was just a gritty kid, you know, yeah. gritty. And, yeah. and and he was one of those kids that used to crack me up because, you know, he'd give up a takedown at the beginning of every match. 
Yep. That year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to, I used to, it didn't matter who he was wrestling who the kid was he'd give up two points and then he'd come back he was another reversal wrestler you yeah. know Jacob White except for Jake would just you know take you down beat you down and beat you the whole match he would give up that takedown but then after he gave up that takedown he'd reverse you and pound you so after yeah. a while you know I just got to be like just give up the takedown so I never panicked you know mm-hmm. why well, just like that's just his style of us he, he was one up. He was one of the many stories that I brought up uh, when I was coaching at Western, uh, talking about how, you know, Marcel will get taken down, like, multiple times in a match. And it's almost like the guys got tired taking him down. You know? <laughs> like, taking him down. Like, okay. Now, yeah. Let him cradle me. Yeah. yeah. That was Marcel. He knew, he knew how to wear guys down. But, hey, yeah. he worked out with Beto. Yep. You know, Beto's a workhorse. Yes, he is. You know, those guys – does you know i mean what are those called the muscle ups mm-hmm. you know i mean i see a beta will do 75 pull-ups in a row Jeez. for sets you know oh, for sets that's crazy like, that's not just one he does more than one set he'll do like three or four sets yeah uh-huh. just a workhorse you know during the whole pandemic he was videotaping me videos of him pushing the sled down the hallway in his, uh-huh. in his apartment in his apartment, wow. <laughs> a sled with weights, yeah, you know, doing push ups on the stairs and just you know, lifting barbells in his, in his living room and just a workhorse, man, right? Right, so yeah, well, uh, <laughs> let's transition to so you've been, uh, it went from Ron Becker, who coached Becker, longtime coach there, to Chris Henderson, yep, Hendo. So tell me what went into. Kind of the secession of you going from longtime assistant coach to being the head coach at your alma mater. Um, well, uh, you know, I've just been there for I don't know how long. I've been assistant coach since oh four, oh five. Yeah. And uh <clears throat> you know, working with Henderson and everything, and he eventually decided to go and he 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 became the athletic director. He went from being a teacher to the athletic director. Well, the athletic director meant he had more responsibility in that direction, which put more responsibility on me as far as coaching hmm. as assistant, you know, preparing me. I guess he was just preparing me, you know. And then he decided to take the job as the full district AD instead of just the school AD, which made mm-hmm. him step down from being the head coach. And right. So I guess. I've been groomed for the position, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> right, know? right. Basically. But, yeah, you know, just doing a lot of – I mean, as he got – he became the AD of the uh, school, more of the head coach's duties started to fall upon me. You know, we started splitting head coach duties, and then eventually it became all me. But, yeah, dream come true, you know? Yeah. I mean – I mean, it's like it's what I've always wanted to do. Right. Always. You know, you, you dream of being able to come back and coach at your alma mater, mm-hmm. you know, with such a rich legacy. Right. It's like it's like being at home all the time. So, yeah, it's truly a blessing. Yeah. Well, I know they couldn't have picked a better person than yourself. You bleed the red and the red and white of uh, big red country. So red, white and black. Right. That's a 
I love it. This. Everett and Sexton are natural rivals, so we always have this big color scheme. Whose color is what sometimes? Yeah. Yep, we sure do. <laughs> yeah, we all of us Lansing School, Sexton, Eastern, Everett, yeah. we all go at it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we cheer each other on in the big mm-hmm. one. We all come together for the big ones, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's always and with all the kids, I love being able to teach and lead and mentor kids from every school and especially in the school district, you know, because you know it's all Lansing to me. Right. You know, kid, kid needs support or a ride or let him come to my clinics. You know, I run clinics, mm-hmm. free, you know, free clinics in the summertime because most of our kids, a lot of them parents are in positions where they can't afford to send their kids to clinics and things so i just we do it in in the schools for the kids and try to develop them that way make you know make a way where there isn't a way right you just just start to it doesn't become just about sexton you know It, Mm -hmm. it becomes a lansing thing right you know kids from lansing see me and call me coach kids from eastern hey coach you know like they they know that you know i cheer them on and support them just like right. i support my own kids so right that's that's a i don't know it's it's a it's a big like you said we're one big family you know we are yeah yes yes we are i still have my my lansing sexton coaching uh long sleeve and uh it's uh yes it, it was a special year, man. I just I don't know it because Marcel ended up being like the first state placer for me as a coach that I actually right. was there with, and um, it's like you you never forget that moment and how you felt and and watching him compete and even a big part in that yeah he played a big 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 part in that you know as far as you know letting us know what's to come we didn't know half the kids you know. And you you had been exposed to a lot of these people, these kids and whatnot, and so kind of helped us. We knew what to what to look for. Yeah, you know. Well, you we all we had our views and everything else, and, and brought a lot of different strengths to the table. Also, Aaron Tucker was part of that uh, coaching. Aaron Tucker, yeah, yep, he sure was. His son, his son is with our kids club. Actually, wrestles for our kids club. Yeah, now. <laughs> so as it's, it's, it grows on. Mm-hmm. You know? It grows on. Yeah. Yes, it does. Well, um, Coach Rashad, do you have any final words of encouragement? I mean, what uh, what should coaches be doing now, young coaches getting into the game uh, to to fulfill their potential as a coach, whether assistant coach or head coach? Um, wow, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know. I guess every program is different, you know. But I guess, you know, keep keep the programs fun, you know. Make sure that you know if if, if you want to if you want to kids to want to wrestle, you got to make it enjoyable because it has tough times, but it has it is it's great times, you know. And if your kids going going to wrestling for the dads out there to take their kids to wrestling tournaments and they they just want to go jump on the mat in the corner for like a couple hours before they wrestle or they want to. They love hanging around with their friends. Let them do that because those are the things that are going to bring them back. You know, mm-hmm. the fun parts, the fun times. Yeah. As far as coaching goes, coaches, all you coaches, you know, 
Kids don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They mm. don't. So, you know, show them that you you're, you're you care more about the kids than just wrestling because not everybody's going to be a great wrestler, a state champion. And it has to be about their development as a person. Right. More so than their, their development as a wrestler, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I don't know, just just keep grinding out there. Keep grinding, you know. Stay in the stay in the room. Keep wrestling. It takes ten thousand times they say to do something, or twenty thousand times before something becomes instinct. Yeah. Before a move becomes instinct, so I guess you just gotta keep in that room and keep hitting those moves. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. It's been hard the last year, but we're coming back now, you know, so. I think everything will get back to where it was. You know, a lot of good young talent out there that I've seen. A yeah. lot of good new young talent. A lot of tough kids. So good programs. So yeah, I love the direction that, that wrestling's been going lately. Right. You know, I love it. It's growing as a sport. It's been growing more so than when we were kids. Yeah, that that is true. Um, I, I mean, just the advent of um, the women's wrestling or girls wrestling now. Yes. Um, women's was... wrestling. <laughs> you remember how hard it was to find a wrestling tape back when we were growing up? Uh, I mean, I probably mentioned this on every single podcast <laughs> about how I have VHSs of all the of the NCAA v- finals. I'm looking at my collection of VHSs right now, you know. Uh-huh. And and I'm telling you now they have access. I was watching David Taylor, you know, world class matches on YouTube just before you called me. You know, <laughs> and, you know and you and, and just you have Flow Wrestling now, which is so great. I mean, yeah. just those guys just done an outstanding, outstanding job bringing wrestling to the forefront, you know, and making it accessible. And Michigan Grappler, and you know. It's just it's cool just to have uh, wrestling at your fingertips now is where before I'd get a wrestling tape. And if I let somebody borrow it, I didn't know if I was going to get it back. And a lot, of times I, <laughs> yeah. a lot of times I did. Some of those tapes are my tapes with me on them, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't have them because I let somebody borrow them. You know, so wrestling tapes are hard to find. Yes. Yes. It, they, they, and I tell I tell the kids all the time, I said, even um, I'm teaching um, summer school at uh, the place I work at in Pinconi. And I said, the difference you have between us and, and 20 years ago is that if I don't know how to do a certain problem and my teacher is not explaining it, I'm having a hard time understanding how my teachers explain it. I can find five different ways for it to be explained to me and find the way that works for me to understand it and bring it back to the classroom tomorrow and complete the problem correctly. Right. That's right. So there's no, there's no excuse. Well, I didn't have like, uh, no, the and maybe we put too much like majority of the kids have some type of access to the internet. And if yes. not, they can go to their local library and the libraries have their times posted throughout the entire. So this um, is the <laughs> right now era. You know, they yes. want to put something, they got it right there at their fingertips. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Um, Rashad, another thank day. you, brother. I, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on and, and sharing your, your history in the great sport of wrestling and, and your knowledge. And I wish you nothing but luck and a long tenure run you. like the people that you have uh, that preceded you and Coach Becker and Coach Henderson. Thank you. Good luck to you, too, in your endeavors, you know, and- 
This is a great thing you're doing with the podcast. Keep it up. Glad Thank I could you. contribute. I'm glad I got to have you on. You enjoy your day. You too, sir. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.